Buenos dias from Greenway Parks. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 21st of October, 2021. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. First of all, Mother's Day was celebrated in Argentina last Sunday, the 17th of October. Happy belated day to all the moms. Hot on the heels of announcing a new program to finance high school students' end-of-school trip, the government is making yet another attempt to win the favor of the younger generation. This time, the Cultura Joven, Young Culture, program will grant 5,000 pesos, less than $50, to some 1.5 million unemployed youngsters between the ages of 18 and 24, which they can use to go to cinemas, concerts, or purchase books. Much like the tourism program, this one-time bonus aims at reviving the cultural sector and regaining youth votes for the upcoming midterms. Let me remind you that one of the greatest shocks from the primary elections last month was the younger generation's support for the opposition. Historically, the ruling party had always counted on the youngsters' vote, but for the first time in years, it seems that they have turned their backs on the coalition. Also, in hopes of performing better at the upcoming elections, the government reached an agreement with retailers and business leaders to freeze the prices of goods for 90 days. The measure was announced at the end of last week and will control the cost of more than 1,200 household products until January. To reach this agreement, the president spoke to about 100 business leaders who agreed to provide an anchor to stabilize inflation. Speaking of which, inflation accelerated more than expected in September by 3.5%. This advance was led by clothing and footwear, followed by alcoholic beverages and restaurants. Since October 2020, inflation has reached 52%. As the president knows, not all problems can be tackled with price freezes. On Tuesday the 19th, he signed a new decree that promises to turn social programs into genuine employment. Although it doesn't specify how, the decree establishes that the ministries of social development and labor will make the necessary modifications in their training, employment, and labor intermediation programs with the aim of turning assistance benefits to unemployed citizens into incentives for their hiring by registered employers. For context, Argentina's relationship with social programs has always been quite polarized, while the ruling party spent over a decade using them as a tool to attract votes. The opposition claims that these measures add no value to those on the receiving end and, in fact, contribute to the detriment of the economy. Whether they want to be differentiated from or associated with the ruling party, politicians keep coming back to this subject, tapping into the electorate's strong opinions on it. Another topic that tends to polarize the electorate is the pension system. It is well known that the minimum pension is way less than what a person needs to live in Argentina, and yet no party seems to treat this matter as a priority. In fact, Argentina was ranked among the worst in a recent study published by Bloomberg that shows the world's best and worst pension systems in 2021. That said, the harsh economic situation has never stopped the Argentine citizens from doing their best. Last week, a primary school teacher from La Plata, Ana Maria Stelman, 
was picked as one of the ten finalists for this year's Global Teacher Prize awarded by the Varkeep Foundation and UNESCO in competition with over 8,000 teachers worldwide. She was praised for her use of digital technology to teach children with special needs and for using innovation and creativity to show them the wonders of the world. Speaking of seeing the wonders of the world, it seems that no traveler will experience any issues upon their return to Argentina anymore. The entry caps for Argentines or residents arriving in the country have finally been scrapped, meaning the problem with stranded citizens abroad has come to an end. Moreover, the Ministry of Interior got rid of the requirement to fill an an electronic affidavit when entering the country from any of the bordering nations. If you're a foreigner entering Argentina by plane, though, keep in mind that you will be required to present a certificate of vaccination of whatever jab was approved in your country or a negative PCR test taken 72 hours before boarding. Last week, we mentioned how the UK had taken Argentina out of their red list. Well, good news keeps coming on that front. On Friday the 15th, France added Argentina to their green list, which means Argentine citizens or anyone who spent the last two weeks in the country are not required to quarantine upon arrival. This applies to people with incomplete vaccination schemes, as well as those who have been vaccinated with Sputnik V. What's also supposed to be open is maize exports, but farmers have been complaining about new registration requirements. An agriculture ministry statement informed last week that maize operations will only be authorized when the shipment has the actual presence of grain and a date of arrival confirmed, giving priority to companies with contracted sales. Farmers claim that this process will slow down future sales yet to be contracted and put the 60 million tons forecast for the 2021 harvest at risk. Argentina is the world's third largest exporter of maize and its main supplier of soy flour and soy oil. The government would be smart to protect the thriving harvests, especially since others are under the threat of La Nina, The atmospheric phenomenon, which begins when the atmosphere reacts to a cooler patch of water over the Pacific Ocean, appears to have emerged across the equatorial Pacific, setting the stage for droughts in South America and greater risks for the world's already strained energy and food supplies. Hopefully, the lithium business will continue to thrive as well. Last Friday, the president of IPFE, Argentina's top energy company engaged in oil and gas exploration and production confirmed that the company will enter the local lithium market via a new subsidiary, IPFA Litio. If you listened to last week's episode, you probably remember that the provincial governments of Catamarca, Jujuy, and Salta had set up a regional committee bringing together two officials from the mining ministry of each province with representatives of the Interior, Productive Development, and Science and Technology ministries at national level. What has changed this week is that IPFE will join the committee and accompany the producing regions by focusing on research and development and adding value to the chain of production. 
On the other side of the Andes mountain range, Chile is dealing with its own projects, which could potentially damage the environment way beyond their territory, which is a refuge for unique species of fauna, including a particular type of penguin, is under threat from a $2.5 billion mining project on the nearby mainland. Soon, they'll have to choose between the economic benefits of mineral extraction and the need to protect the planet from a climate catastrophe. And before we go, an Argentine film just made it to number one as the most watched film on Netflix in the United States. Titled Fever Dream, the film is based on Argentine writer Samantha Schweblin's novel by the same name, which tells the story of a mother facing a strange danger. Set in the Argentine countryside, this intriguing movie depicts the constant state of worry that comes with motherhood, but also the life in rural South America and the devastation of agriculture. Subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast listening app to be updated weekly about the big stuff going on in Argentina. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at Rorschach.com. Nos vemos el próximo jueves. Thank you.